45, maybe? 44? Oh, damn it. Oh, no, it's not the furnace. It's the uh, record player humming and hawing. Um, I'm just, I'm going to start here. I'm in my basement. You can hear this weird echoey sound. And uh, you, if you follow me on Twitter, you may have uh, heard that or seen that I got a new record player. I have two others. My wife says I have to dispose of. I haven't got around to that yet. This one is one of these little portables with its own built-in speakers, but of course, uh, they are not of good quality, which I knew they wouldn't be. Uh, it was only, you know, 90 bucks with tax for the uh, the whole thing, but what's nice is I had two, a matching pair of Logitech speakers that were quite decent. I bought for my son years ago, and they just plug into the headphone jack and you get to hear your music in the basement. So, you're going to be hearing vinyl from me, some, from time to time. And uh, it's scratchy, and it's old, and some other records are warped. But there's a few treasures amongst my old vinyl collection. And, and believe me, this is not just listening to music. This means getting out of the living room, out of the recliner, away from CNN and CBC, away from Syrian refugees, away from Donald Trump, away from all the shit that's going on in the world, and coming back into my environment, my space. Here, as I look to my left, to my right, all I see are books, books, books. The Beatles shelf, two shelves of Beatles. Uh, and then, of course, the Kerouac shelf. Two shelves of Kerouac, the Timothy Leary shelf, the Henry Miller shelf, and then shelves of old Canadian history books. It is just such a wonderful place. And it's uh, my son has always been after me, number two son, to say, Dad, why don't you spend more time in the basement? So that is the main reason I dropped the 90 bucks at Winners to pick up this turntable. And... Um, on that note, I'm going to share with you a cut. Now, forgive me if I don't drop it right down into the groove um, from an album that... Oh, no, this is going to be way off. Oh, shit. Okay, now i got to... Okay, I'm going to have to put the mic down so I can use two hands to drop the needle. So hang on, because I want to drop it just right. Okay, here I've got the lever, got the needle. You can hear the scratching... And uh, here we go. Bob Dylan, Planet Waves. Ah, uh, the wedding song. I love you more than money and more than the stars 
Okay, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Let's turn down the hum here. Um, I really am happy I got this thing. It doesn't digitize. Now, this is the crazy thing. When I looked at they had three different types of uh, turntables, and, of course, one of them did digitize the records and was just a flat turntable. I got this because it had the built-in speakers, but honestly... Um, it's, they're not worth listening to, uh, but having the backup is great. This just works beautifully. I can also play my iPod through this and through these speakers, uh, which is a nice feature, just plugging into the back here. Um, the downside, of course, playing vinyl, every time I get the cat in my lap and I have to get up to uh, flip the record over, cat, pussycat gets very angry. Uh, this cut... And this album, it's not an album you'd often hear about or I would often play, but there's a few treasures on it, uh, two versions of Forever Young. Forever Young. But it's with um, the band. This is uh, 1974. Bob Dylan, guitar and harmonica with the band. Robbie Robertson, guitar, Rick Danko, bass, Levon Helm, drums, Garth Hudson, organ, and Richard Manuel, drums and piano. And I know you music aficionados out there know all of these people and... Uh, can appreciate. I, I just, again, like these records, this vinyl has just been so, so forgotten. So it's just put away. It hasn't been part of my life because I haven't been able to play. And I made two attempts and bloody, you know, the first turntable digitizes, but there's no way to hook up a speaker to it. Well, what a ridiculous thing. Why'd I do that? Anyway, uh, we've, we've got a situation that's good. I'm thrilled to be playing John Wesley Harding, uh, a big favorite, uh, New Morning. And you're going to hear another cut from that, uh, If Dogs Run Free. Uh, just, wow. And again, it's like recently, you know, I was talking about Joni Mitchell. And just the a true artist has just such a range of creativity. And, and, a, and a true artist takes control, keeps control, not just dictated by what the record companies say are going to sell or what the young people want to hear. But it's what do I want to do as an artist, as a musician? And Dylan just has this range of styles, of backgrounds, of bands. And each, and that's, that's true artistic expression. That, that just, this is what I need to do now. And you put it out. And the Beatles achieved that uh, in a shorter period of time. I mean... Dylan is a lifelong performer, as was Joni Mitchell. And uh, the other album I, I dug out was uh, a big favorite, The Hissing of Summer Lawns. That is just a gem by Joni Mitchell. A weird, weird front cover. And uh, again, that's another thing about the final. You sit down and you read the liner, or the whiner, the whiner, <laughs> the liner notes. Um, the story on the back of uh, John Wesley Harding is almost impossible to understand. True Dylan style writing, and a beautiful bit of almost beat type uh, writing. Uh, you know, spontaneous prose on the back of Planet Waves. I was t- I, right away. I read it. And I said, "Oh, I gotta print that out and put it in the Dixon Jane Zine." So. Yeah, another crossover reference. Anyway, I just wanted to get this started and uh, share with you the joy I have of reclaiming another part of my life. Uh, I'm looking around and I'm looking at all the books and then the knickknacks. The uh, I referred to these before, the Trotskys. <laughs> 
that um, just decorate these shelves. There's just so much. I look and it's just sheer wow, wow, wow. Uh, you know, overstimulation from every single... I couldn't begin to describe. I'd take one square foot, and there's got to be 50 items. Uh, so anyway, a flag of a beaver uh, from a ship uh, that would have been passed on from my father. You know, maybe it represented MIL, Marine Industries Limited. I don't know. Uh, but it's it's, you know, wow, collector's item. My leather bags from Nigeria, my six guns... From my childhood, my pistols in their original holsters. Oh. And the trouble is, I never share this. So few people get to see this. I've had a few. I've had Anthony here. I've had Dave Broadbeck here. I've had uh, Bob Goyetch here. I've had uh, the virtual Youper here. So uh, there have been visitors one by one, and that's kind of nice too. And I just hope that tradition uh, continues and that I can welcome you to my to Bold Basement Bar. All right, now signing out, and uh, I'll be back with more music in a very little while. I gotta uh, go do stuff. Bye for now.
True love can make a blade of grass Stand up straight and tall In harmony with a cosmic sea True love needs no company It can kill the soul It can make it whole If dogs run free listen to it's what you have to listen to the crackling of my vinyl now this is one uh, I don't think I, I'm willing to go out here and say that maybe nobody has heard this before but eh, maybe Jason with an E has um, being a Pink Floyd fan it's a soundtrack from a movie uh, called The Valley La Vallée very, very strange picture. I think I saw it once in Montreal. Uh, the album's entitled Obscured by Clouds. This cut, absolutely curtains. Well, that sounds ominous. Written by Roger Waters, Gilmore, and Wright, and Mason. All four of them did this. Um, so I'm just going to have it in the background. This is not your listening cut. This is my introduction to uh, this next uh, piece of this podcast, I'm thinking I might try for an all-basement podcast now that I'm uh, using this a little more. This is normally the time. It's a Friday morning, 9 o'clock, 9.30. I might consider, might have considered driving to Bluffers Park. It's a sunny day out and uh, talking from there. But now that I have this new space in the basement, I'm more inclined to think, hey, I got marking to do, I got coffee at home, I don't need to get out, I have I have a place here I can uh, talk to you from, and uh, share with you, and here I am with a white pussycat on my lap again, sitting in a really nice old leather recliner, it's a bit beat up, in this wonderful space, my little basement, oh my god, what an investment, the $90 it took, gift from Canadian Study Tours, to buy a turntable so that I could actually make use of this. Again, my third turntable. I, I found a perfect hiding place for the one my wife wants me to get rid of, sort of under the shelving. It just, it's as if the place was made for it. Just slide it under there. I can't throw it out. It's still functional. I, I thought the turntable was turning too slow. And I thought, we're never going to fix this on a cheap Radio Shack built or bought. Um, turntable, you know. So, what do you do with it? You can't sell it if you don't think it's working, not with a good conscience anyway. So, I just, oh my god. This is not the best track on the album. I I don't think any of them are best tracks. But, uh, I reached into the closet where I've got all my vinyl on the floor. God hope 
me. God hope, God hope, no. Let's hope there's never a flood in this basement because I would lose an awful lot of good stuff. I've got all my albums. Oh my God, yeah. One foot flood would wipe me out. Absolutely. But, uh, oh, I hate to even think of it. But no, 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 we got backup stuff. This is a, I, I don't have to worry about that. Stop, stop. Don't even bring that up. Thank you. I've got marking to do today. Uh, it's getting on, what is it, December the 11th. Yeah, my brother's birthday today. 72 years old. Do you have a 72-year-old brother? No, but I do. And uh, I've got to stay on top of things so that I can maybe get down to Ottawa on the 19th or the 20th to see my family before I head off. I had an email from uh, number one son saying, Dad, I've booked our hotel for the first five nights and uh, sent me the link, and it looks fabulous. This is in Bali on a... I can't even remember the name of the beach. And it was one of those things that he sort of said, Dad, can you look after this stuff? And I just, no, man, I don't want to, and i got other things to do, and I wouldn't even know where to start. And for me, decision-making can really be complex. This is getting a bit strange. I'd forgotten about the other voices here. I think those are the mud men. It was filmed, maybe it was filmed in Papua New Guinea or something. I don't know. It was a very strange picture. Um, anyway, he's done this, and now we, and then he's going to book another three days up in the mountains. And what a wonderful gift. Oh, my God. I get this holiday in Bali for a week that my son is looking after, paying for, because I loaned him some money. It's just a tremendous feeling. It's like a reward. And then, and it's one of these things you got to sneak in because as I get older, yeah, boy, oh, boy, everything gets just a little bit harder to do. I'm not there yet. I mean, I'm not disabled yet other than this clumpy walk. But there is that. You know what's coming. You know the days are going to just get harder to do the things you want to do. God, I'm having trouble forming sentences today. I apologize. Usually I'm quite good. At, and, and when I'm talking to you, if I get halfway through a sentence and realize, wait a minute, that is not grammatically correct. I'm so aware of grammar now, having been teaching uh, these courses, uh, you know, subject-verb agreement and, and incomplete sentences and proper complex compound sentences. Oh, my God. That's all I've been doing. Uh, but it's not a bad thing. Do have that awareness. Anyway, there's the that's the end of the track. Pussycat is just in sheer delight sitting in my lap and, of course, hasn't yet realized that when I'm down here, it's probably because I'm playing records, which means I'm going to be getting up every 12 to 15 minutes to uh, flip the record over. Uh, I'm more and more mm, infatuated. No obsessed with the idea of doing a presentation on the beats to uh, my church group, you know, the people who choose to come out. And every day I'm getting another little piece, another little piece. Uh, today, one of the clinchers was a quote by Allen Ginsberg. Got it right here in Zen and the Art of Making a Living. Instead of Zen and the Art of Living, this is Zen and the Art of Making a Living. Lawrence Bolt, I had two copies of this. I gave one away at uh, PodCamp Montreal to a woman 
who I was pretty sure was never even going to read it. Well, I mean, it's several hundred pages. You wouldn't read it, but it's a great book to flip through. Um, Robert Aiken, the universe, the universal is always the same. The specifics are always different. I'm going to just park that. I don't know what that means. But this one by Allen Ginsberg, whoever controls the media, the images controls the culture. And I think in this day and age of uh, what's going on in the world, I don't know when Ginsburg wrote that, but it certainly uh, rings true. And it's one I want to share with my uh, my students, so I'm going to remember that. That's a good one to start off the class today. Uh, the images right now are in, on our TV are Canada welcoming in Syrian refugees, and it's Part of it makes me very happy and proud of this. is great. Our prime minister is out there. Our lesbian provincial uh, premier is there helping these people into winter coats. And and they've chosen camera-friendly, smiling, air quotes, white-looking Syrians. Just let that go, please. You know what I mean. Uh, so that everybody is going to rejoice again and say, aren't we nice? And that's the part that smells a little bit to me, the the aren't we nice part. Hey, it's a lot of things that we aren't doing right and a lot of things we could be doing better. And anytime there's a photo op to make a politician look good, you have to cringe just a little bit. So, yeah, I'm celebrating, I'm glad, and especially when we consider what's going on south of the border, but we, we have to be careful. We still have racism here. Oh, it's very hard to explain, but I'm looking here. I'm just going to read off a couple of book titles that are, that are inches from my face. Acid Christ, Flashbacks, Timothy Leary. Timothy Leary, Outside Looking In. Neuropolitics, Timothy Leary. The Polity of Ecstasy, The Politics of Ecstasy, Timothy Leary. Start Your Own Religion, Timothy Leary. Jail Notes, Timothy Leary. Confessions of a Hope Fiend, Timothy Leary. Um, Then we just jump over. This is the Beat Generation. Zen Effects, The Life of Alan Watt. So there's a good person to include. Timothy Leary, the uh, biography. Changing My Mind, Among Others, Leary. And then this Harvard, the Harvard Psychedelic Club. The White Hand Society. Orange Sunshine. The Brotherhood of Eternal Love, Aquarius Revisited, Storming Heaven, LSD. Oh, what's this one by Leary? The Intelligence Agents, Timothy Leary. Chaos and Cyberculture, Timothy Leary. Psychedelic, The Psychedelic Experience, Timothy Leary. Now, this is a library, folks. This is a library. This is the shelf just below the two rows of beats. And I could just go on and on and on. And several of them are repeat. You know, I got three, four versions of the Subterraneans, including one in French. Then below that is the Henry Miller Library, The Wisdom of the Heart, my friend Henry Miller, The Colossus of Marusi, Nexus, you know, it'll have Nexus, Plexus, Sexus, Stand Still Like the Hummingbird, The Air Conditioned Nightmare, and on it goes. And I suppose maybe for some of you, well, that's boring hearing that, but it fills me with joy. And this is a lifetime of collecting, and it's not going online and ordering from Amazon. 
This is going to secondhand bookstores in Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, Halifax, all over the place and picking these up. Now, some, the newer ones, I did order online. I had to, the Psychedelic Club. These things just aren't even in new bookstores. They're very hard to find. But the Kerouacs, they're all beat up. I've got maybe three or four versions of Desolation Angels and uh, Visions of Cody. Oh, there's another version of Subterraneans. So, I want to. I know something about these guys. I understand these guys. I know their significance. And I really want to do a presentation. What does it mean? And I'll focus on Kerouac, Neil Cassidy, sort of hand-in-hand with Kerouac, Allen Ginsberg, probably touch on William Burroughs. And then the idea was I'm just going to put names on slips of papers and hand them to people who uh, attend and say, okay, now you go home and you look up and find out who is Gary Snyder. And just come back with just a couple of Wikipedia quotes about him, you know, next week when I do it. And uh, and a few other names, you know, Gregory Corso and uh, Ferlinghetti. Who are these people? What is their connection to the Beats? I really want to do this. I've wanted to do this as a teacher in my office, which I'm giving up this month. Oh, God, one more thing on the list. But I really think... It has significance to uh, seniors who attend our church. I don't. There aren't many young people there yet. A very interesting point. Somebody had raised the point: if if Greta is kicked out of the United Church of Canada, but the congregation wants to stay together, what will we form under? What will we be? It'll be a a, a group of liberated thinkers. Now, some people will leave and just go to another church because they want church. They want the formula. What would happen if that were the case? It's very hard to say. I think there'd be a core group of people. And these are people who have already explored options, who've looked into Zen or Buddhism or this or that, uh, or New Age thingies, to find out where do I get my spiritual fulfillment? Where do I connect with other people who are open-minded, Maybe it'll be a humanist organization, a branch. Um, now, how did we get on to that little tangent? This group. Oh, yes, the idea that if we did leave the church, it might open the doors for younger people to join. It actually might turn out to be a growth movement. But uh, who knows? Anyway, I should have had music on the background. I shouldn't have recorded that track. I should have done this better, but I'm not repeating it now. 14 minutes, I've got to go up and march. Oh, pussycat is so cozy. Once once a cat goes to sleep on your lap, and they're warm, and they're, their nose is tucked into their paws, you really don't want to bother them. Right? Okay. Signing off, and uh, I'll be back, uh, who knows when, not too long from now, for another track. Great party to go to tomorrow night, and uh, that's exciting too, so bye for now. to the whole world. 
Uh, 3 a.m. Uh, now, I don't know if the last podcast I put an end to it when I put it up in GarageBand and this is something new or this is tagged on at the end, but it is the same night and uh, I'm just not slowing down. I'm just having too much fun here down in my basement bar. This is the Basement Bar series of uh, podcasts. Baby Sally does the Basement Bar. But I got Captain Beefheart on. This is what we're this is what we're waiting for. Oh, 
So anyway, I said, well, I'm going to finish off the show. Cheers. Here's to you, buddy boy. Uh, and it's in a favorite little mug. I bought it. It's a handmade Japanese that I bought, I think, with Mr. Oh, is it? oh boy, oh, boy. It was a very special person in my, uh, in my Japan history. Mr. Amano from Soyo High School in Odawara. And we went out. I took him around. I, I took him in he hunting in, uh, oh, what's that place east of Camerville? Merrickville. And as well, that was the time I got the $500 tip at the end of the day after all my driving. That's pretty nice. Probably the only tip I've ever had in my life. Well, no. Delivering the Montreal Star for a while. Footing in for Ricky Acomba's route. Uh, yeah, I just got one splash left of the drink, so uh, bear with me, share with me. Now, I dug this out of the pile, and this is one more I guarantee nobody listening to this podcast has a copy of. 
Captain Beefheart's Lick My Deckles Off, baby. Um, or may have even heard it before. It's the one that I was thinking of my brother-in-law, first brother-in-law, today, uh, when I was talking to uh, Chuck, and said I really, I liked the fact that I, somebody new married into my family, and it was somebody I could relate to who was different, not as uptight, not as British. And um, I really thought highly of him and, and connected with him. But I remember him, you know, I had weasels with my fresh, fresh, flesh, Frank Zappa. Well, everybody's got that. That's not uh, that's not unusual. But when I put on the Captain Beefheart, like he really looked at me and said, what possessed you to buy that? Like, why did you buy that? And that is the question I'd have to ask myself. I really did like the song, I Love You, a Big Dummy. We didn't hear that. That was on the other side. I Love You, a Big Dummy. It was a favorite. I used to uh, say that about Glenn. Yeah, it's very beat. I didn't. I don't think I realized at the time how much this was beat. If you're gonna put some beat to music, it's gonna be crazy like this. It's just insane. You're probably wondering how much more do you have to listen to. But I gotta tell you, I'm probably enjoying this album more now than I ever have uh, in the past. And that might tell you something about my present state, my mental deterioration, who knows what it's saying. But uh, I'm just telling you, boys and girls, I'm happy to be sharing a night with you in my bar. So this, uh, however, whatever form this takes, you're with me and I'm with you and we're together in this thing. Oh yeah. My God. What is their magic muscles, Space Age Couple? I guess uh, it's a little bit uh, like Dr. John, the Night Tripper, but he at least had a sense of music. It's almost like I've listened to this for the first time. I might have listened to it once and then said, oh, fuck, skip that track. Because sometimes we played cut by cut, track by track in those days. Anyway, I guess I got not a whole lot more to offer. I mean, how many times can I tell you how happy I am? Like, when it just starts to sound like shit. Like, fuck you and your happiness, asshole. I'm not as happy as you, so fuck you. Don't tell me about your happiness. <laughs> and, I, you know, I can almost understand that. I'm admiring my rock collection right now. I am. Uh, God, my wife is right. It does. They do, these things do collect a lot of dust. Beautiful rock collection. Bit of coal, bit of everything. And I got a giant piece from uh, Hawaii. Very, very nice rocks down here. Oh, beautiful. You got to come visit sometime if you haven't already. It's a nice bar. It's a nice place. Sounds like I'm begging for company, but fuck you. Hey, this is invitation only, buddy. Don't just think you can barge in here because you happen to see my address in the uh, Dixon James scene. God, that was even a bigger blunder. Now you're almost directing them to your home. Fuck, man. 
it's, it's the one thing I've never worried too much about who's listening to this, but it's probably about time I started, you know. Although nobody gets the Dixon Jane zine that I don't know. And I trust you not to, uh, those of you who are subscribers, not to just share it willy-nilly. I think this is this is this is going to be this is the kind of thing that you say. Okay, when you're listening to Captain Beefheart, I think it's time for bed. <laughs> well, how was that for a laugh? That, that wasn't too bad, was it? It, was, it wasn't fake. It wasn't phony. It was. It wasn't a full-hearted, roaring belly laugh. Like I mean, it wasn't that funny, but uh, it was kind of the guffawful laughs I give you. I, I don't share really good laughs with you. I did. I did share in the past, and I'm proud of it. As the Scarborough dude shared a lot of good fucks with you. A lot of good fucks. We've had a lot of good fucks together. And uh, But I just don't feel like the fucking fucks anymore. I, I just don't feel... I don't have any need. There's no anger in me. I just don't want to dish up a lot of fucks at this point. You know, I'm quite content, quite happy. Um, now, if a stranger walked into the room right now, they'd say, oh, my God, what the fuck? Did I, am I having a flashback or what? Because this is a bit strange. Like, I don't... Maybe I never even got to the fucking second side of this thing. But it's cool. Listen to that. This must be the next cut. I can see um, even our good friend, Dr. David Brobeck, not necessarily appreciating this music, or seeing the full artistry. But if he's still listening, I'd be honored to have him as a listener. I hope, I mean, I hope I still got a, a small core of caring people who actually listen to my podcast. I really hope I do. Gonna put the glass back in the bar. We'll, oh no, it was right up on the top shelf. I got a couple of really special cups here that I treasure, and that's the one I had. Um, the bar is packed. With artifacts. Those of you, some of you have been here, some of you have seen this, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have yet to have the pleasure. I'm staring at a Buddha, Olaf, this uh, beautiful, beautiful carved stone from uh, um, up north that uh, Brian and Maureen gave me for a wedding present. The only wedding present we got. Only got one wedding present. Imagine that. That's what happens when you elope. I'm kind of enjoying this. Don't know about you, but I am. Because <laughs> it's kind of in your face. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. there with you. Holy fuck, I don't think even Adam Greedrich himself could uh, get much more bizarre than this. What the fuck, eh? 
I'm wondering about the room a bit if uh, the sound changes. Looking at the license plates, I got a Yukon Klondike license plate from 1974, and the license plate number is 4488. Home of the Klondike. I got one from Kawasaki in Japan. A little motorcycle license. I got one that says Explore Canada's Arctic Northwest Territories. That Brian gave me that one. And then I got my father's three in a row VE2YP 65, 66, 67. Quebec license plate, La Belle Province. Now that, that's fucking collectible stuff. This, this, this place, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I've told you before, but I'm not shitting you. The zine is one thing, the podcast is one thing, but this fucking bar that you're in right now, cyberly, is just fucking amazing. It's just fucking amazing. I, I don't mind saying that. Yeah, I would challenge anybody to question that. Oh, what, what do you mean? Amazing. Really? It's just a bar. Fuck you, you stupid fucking idiot. Get out of my house right now. If you don't, if you can't stand here in wonder and awe as I am doing now, get the fuck out of my house right now. Don't come back. Like, yeah, right? That's the message we got to put out tonight, I'll tell you. I'm at the shrine of my parents. There's a beautiful little lamb, the lamb that made me cry that I put on my mother's coffin when she died. And I told my brother and sister, oh, don't worry, I'm just going to wing it. I'll just get up there and say something. And got up there and started crying. Uh, looking down at this little white lamb on the coffin that my mother was buried in. My mother, my mother, my mother, my dear mother, who I loved so much. And uh, she loved me just as much. I was so lucky to grow up uh, with, um, with a mother's love. And my God, do I feel for the children who do not have parental love, who've missed it, who've lost it, it's been taken from them, or whatever. <sighs> it shapes us to a large degree. And uh, there are things, family heirlooms and stuff, but the music is finished, and uh, I think it's just time to wind down now and uh, say goodnight, put an end to this for sure. Thank you for... Uh, thank you for... sharing all this together. Let's keep going. Let's do it more often. But, uh, let's say good night.